and welcome to the SBS Cycling Central Tour de France podcast. That's a bit of a mouthful. Um, I'm Philip Gomes, and I'm here with, uh, and you can hear with my, my croaky voice, I'm back. I'm a little bit croaky, but I'm back. I'm here with uh, Jamie Finch-Penninger, Anthony Tan, and a blow-in, Kevin Eddy. Hi, Kevin. How are you doing? Hi, I'm pretty good. How this, are you? This is probably your only, only your second podcast with us, isn't it? Uh, this is my very first podcast ever, so really? please be gentle. Ah, right. I could have sworn we used you for something uh, many, many moons ago. No, okay. You've used me for plenty of things, but this is my first podcast. Yes, but <laughs> none of those things you can find on the internet, thankfully. So um, what? Uh, let's head straight into it. Anthony, I'm going to go to you uh, first. What? This is this is actually a quadcast. It is a quadcast. This is our yes. first Tour de France quadcast. Well, we've had out the quadcast And you were before. channeling, channeling uh, Lance with your voice. Am I? Oh, yeah, that's right. I am a, a little bit, aren't I? Yeah. Say trolls. Uh, tro hey, trolls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Texas. Uh, I can't get an Uber in Austin. How bad is that? Um, Anthony, what did you make of stage nine? Well, I felt uh, it was slightly... Um, uneventful in that we still don't know have a clear picture i thought we'd get a really clear idea who would uh be in the running to win the tour and i would say i still don't know but uh with dormelan's ride i mean that was uh he obviously that that was one which he mapped out very early on i, I thought that climb to Arcalus suited Dumoulin perfectly. It was a, it was kind of one of those grinding climbs, and uh, perhaps that's why we didn't see time differences among the GC contenders because it wasn't uh, steep enough. Um, Jamie, I mean, there was, as Anthony's saying, but there was some criticism of the of the rest of the guys that they they weren't making a real effort to uh, to put some time into Froome. They just kind of let him dictate the pace. I think anyone making those criticisms wasn't watching the stage properly because it was incredibly hard out there and all of them were putting in attacks. I think the only one who wasn't putting in, in attacks was Quintana, who was just happy to follow wheels and I think he's probably keeping his powder dry for later in the race. But everyone else went on the attack and I saw a lot of criticism of Port after the stage, people saying that he was riding for Froome. That's ridiculous. I mean, when you saw what he was trying to do, he was trying to go off the front, trying to get time. They, they just wouldn't let him go, so... I think, yeah, those sort of criticisms are unwarranted. Kevin, the ride by Dumoulin, uh, any observations there from you? Well, as, as, Because he's essentially known as a time trialist, but he's a guy with, uh, with sort of like a, uh, a growing kind of interest in, uh, in Grand Tours, and he's expressed that before. So mm, I think it's really interesting in terms of his potential. I mean, he obviously did that very good ride in the world to last year. Um, his stated aim for this year is the Olympic time trial. So the simple fact that he is still able to get up a climb like that, even when he's potentially packing on a bit of extra weight, suggests that maybe for the future, as a GC contender, he's potentially got a really bright future. Um, we were talking about this a bit yesterday when we were talking about uh, uh, his uh, sort of similar riders to him, and we mentioned Bradley Wiggins in a in a similar breath. So he's got a bit. He could. He's potentially got a bit of weight he could lose, and uh, yeah, potentially uh, a lot of potential for the future. Um. Anthony uh, Bardet, uh, looking at him as a as a potential uh, as a potential rival for the rest, 
Um, we well, got, we said uh, potential a lot of times for Bardet, or just potentially Potent- we've we've said oh, yeah, potential. Okay. Right. But uh, uh, but there's also uh, Rodriguez. Sorry, I just want to go through some of the some of the guys at the top. Uh, mm-hmm. We've also got Perito, who's just announced his retirement. He's sort of in the mix. Yeah, and of course uh, we've got Yates uh, in the picture as well. I mean, how is this shaping up? I mean, do you still see it as a as effectively a two horse race with Quintana Froome and the rest kind of falling below, or uh, do you think that uh, there's 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 room there for a boil over. Well, we've got um, a lot of guys still within a minute and a half of each other. I think last time I checked, it was about 12 guys. So, and then Richie Port's about two minutes ten back. So, I would say even uh, who who knows what might happen. We've still got. We're only at uh, stage ten now. We've got this. Massive. We've got the Von Two stage. We've got um, a number of sta- other stages in the Alps. We've got the stages in the Jura. Um, Christian Prudhomme, the the tour director, has said that he doesn't want these transitional stages to be viewed in that way. He he said these these could be selective. So uh, he's he's made a quite an open parkour as he has done in previous years and. Uh, I, I still don't have a, yeah, like I said previously, I don't have a clear idea. Going back to what Jamie said about Port, yeah, I agree, although I, I feel that he's not riding for, he's clearly not riding for Van Garderen because he, he dist, you know, his multiple attacks, everyone knows that TJ can't climb like Richie can and he, it, it worked to his disadvantage because TJ can't respond to those multiple accelerations. So there was... There was not only the conjecture as to whether he was riding for Froome, I don't believe that, but he certainly wasn't uh, helping TJ. Well, Anthony kind of uh, uh, gazumped the, the conversation I was going to throw to you, which was, again, was about BMC. Uh, do you think that after Stage 9 that Port has firmly established himself as the GC rider for BMC? It looked that way to me. Uh, I mean, there's still plenty of time to go, and TJ is still over a minute up on Richie. I don't think that anything's being decided yet. Nothing was decided when Port um, got his puncture, and I don't think you know one stage is going to decide where BMC throw their chips. I think they've still got two cards in the race, and they're going to be playing to that those strengths in in the future. I think. Um, Kevin, uh, there's still a little bit of room for uh, for the sprinters to operate over the next uh, over the next week or so. Um, Green Jersey battle. What's it looking like with uh, with Mark Cavendish, for example, uh, Peter Sagan? Are we are we going to get any movement? Is Sagan is 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 uh, Cavendish going to continue? For example, I think tomorrow is going to be a pretty crucial stage for that green jersey battle. It's obviously a pretty hard stage. Um, there's uh, there's a climb to get over, and then there's also a fairly uh, fairly reasonable berg, um, fairly similar to the Poggio uh, from Milan San Remo to get over for the sprint finish. I think if Cav can get over that and uh, get to the sprint finish, then he'll be in a He'll be in a reasonable position to keep going in the green jersey, and I don't think he'd be leaving the race while he's still in the green jersey. Um, if he doesn't get over that and Sagan takes the green jersey from him, I think Cavendish will be gone faster than you can uh, faster than he can sprint. And probably because Renshaw is also not there, which means that in, you know if he does get to Paris, he's really lost one engine, I guess. Absolutely, that's uh, that, that that's going to make a probably not going to make a huge difference in this in the sprint stages that we've got. Um, in the lead up to Paris, but on the Champs Elysees, having that extra man will make a huge amount of difference. Right, uh, Anthony. There was one other. Um, there was one big incident. Obviously, we were kind of waiting for it. 
which was Contador's uh, abandon on stage nine. Yes, well, um, uh, I just I don't want to dwell on what I've said in the past because often I'm incorrect. But in this case, I did make a sportsman's bet with Jamie. I, I should have bet a lot more than a coffee that uh, Contador would not be uh, finishing this Tour de France. Uh, and uh, it turned out why well, I, I said that, I think, on our Stage 3 podcast. So, I mean, the, the crash looked... I could tell that the first crash looked bad, the second crash looked worse, and you, I just know that um, I've never done a tour myself longer than five days, I think, but I, I just know, having reported on the tour for this long, that you just can't recover from that crash. I mean, when you saw that first crash him going into the traffic island, I just knew it was bad news. Um, the body is not just trying to recover from each stage racing, but also that crash, and then that's what precipitated him falling ill from the, what the team doctors are saying. So um, it's unfortunate because most people are saying that this was Contador's last chance to win a tour, a Grand Tour. I didn't really think he had that much chance to win it anyway, just given the calibre of riders, you know, we've got Quintana and Froome in top, top form. So it was always going to be a long shot, but clearly he's he's thinking about uh, Rio now and getting himself ready for a, a Vuelta sh- showdown, which we saw, you know, him and Froome go head-to-head last year, although Froome um, crashed himself on stage 11 of last year's Vuelta. So, yeah, it's uh, that was uh, those crashes were unfortunate because it wasn't really. I wouldn't say one at least wasn't his fault. Um, Jamie, uh, just as a bit of a side here, how's your man Rui Costa doing in the uh, in the tour at the moment? Oh, I was very disappointed um, that he <laughs> that he ran into a informed Tom Dumoulin up that up that climb there at the end. He was he was uh, playing cagey. Um, Phil and Paul called him out of it a few times because he was just um, not responding to the attacks and pacing himself back on. But he saved it for when it was important and yeah, beat Raphael Micah to the top. So that's you know no mean feat. Uh, unfortunately, didn't didn't collect the bickies for me um, up the climb. So, but there's still hope. Yes, and I'm getting plenty of um, love from Twitter about my Rui, my love for Rui Costa. Um, Nick Scolari from um, Geelong down there, or from Melbourne down there, he he loves um, complaining about my picks of Rui Costa. But I'll keep on picking him, and eventually he'll win. It, it, that's a strategy, isn't it? It's like picking up girls. You just got to keep asking them out. Yeah, well, perseverance is, you know, important, but um, at some points it does become stalking, Phil, so watch out. <laughs> That's right. Um, Anthony, do you have, uh, uh, what, what are we looking at for stage 10? So tonight uh, we are live on SBS and streaming, uh, streaming online in the Skoda Tour Tracker uh, from 10 p.m. Uh, what's coming up? Well, yeah, we've got a, a stage from Andorra where we... Um, where we finished uh, on stage nine to Ravel. Now, uh, we've been here nine times previously, and each of the nine times we've seen a, a real opportunist win from, you know, a guy like Eric Decker, uh, Vinokurov also won. So two dopers so far. Pretty pretty much. Most, yeah. most of them are dopers who, who <laughs> won there, so I'm not sure whether the next person who wins is going to be a drug cheat too. But we've also got the climb of the Port de Envelira very early on, and um, it was in the 64 tour where... Uh, basically, you had this tête-en-tête with Pulador and Uncatil. Uncatil had already won four tours de France. Um, Pulador was basically giving everything he had. 
in the first week and a half and he went very early. Uncatil made a mistake because the previous day in that tour, instead of re- going for a spin and resting his legs, he went to a barbie. He, he channeled Paul Hogan and threw a prawn on the barbie and uh, he suffered the next day because Pulador went from the gun and they he almost lost the tour. It was, it was only because his director... Gave him a bidden full of champagne, and he, he went at he he went at breakneck speed down that climb and managed to get hold of um, Pulador, who punctured then crashed. You remember that one well, Tanny? Yeah, yeah, I'm a history buff. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kevin, um, what other kinds of foods we can we expect to uh, to 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 be to affect the stage coming up? I mean, you know, we got prawns, we got uh, I don't know, maybe some bad cake or. Uh, you know, they're, but they're into the energy bars now. You know, they're just everything is precise. The they've cook, all they've all got their, their own, own personal chefs. chefs now. Yeah, I think there's probably going to be an awful lot of gels consumed actually before the beginning of the stage, probably on a turbo trainer. Because because they hit the climb straight away yep. from the gun, and it's a good 22 k's of climbing up uh, the uh, Port de sorry on Valera on the Port on Valera. Yeah, um, so you know it's. It, it could be a pretty hairy start. But the opportunity exists. Um, it's still a kind of stage. Do we think that the sprinters are not even a sprinter, I guess, but there's going to be a certain kind of rider who's going to win this race. But um, th- th- with that first climb, there's going to be a lot of guys obviously shelled at the start, but there are also going to be a lot of guys riding hard to get back on after that climb, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's that that tour I spoke about in 64 it's not going to happen today it's just everything's so much more controlled um, so you are going to get a, a, a break go with guys who don't threaten the, the GC and then they've got to push on for another three and a half hours there's a very small climb or a cult uh, um, about seven kilometres from the finish it's only less than 2k long but it's, it's reasonably around 7% or so so that will provide the springboard for most likely the winning move, which we've seen in the past. Um, Jamie, I mean, we got uh, we got any um, potential winners for today, for tonight's stage? I think this stage is D-Day for Orica Greenhead, uh, Orica Bike Exchange now. Um, really? Well, I've looked through the rest of the tour, and it's this stage or stage 16 for Matthews and Gerrans, and... Until now, they haven't really fired much of a shot. Daryl Limpy was their best with that breakaway performance where he was he was very good there. Um, but they've got to start delivering, and I think they're going to be on the front tomorrow chasing it down because they need Matthews and Gerrans in the position in the finale to have a go. Uh, Kev, you got any any hot tips? Uh, I'm going to go for a little fancied rider called Peter Sagan. Okay, he's not yeah. done much this year, so um, I think it's definitely his chance to shine. Okay, all right. That's a call. That's a call. Well, I've I've got to. I guess what I've said previously, I've got to pick a doper, don't I? But that then then I'd be. <laughs> no, but then you, you yeah, get into defamation territory. Yeah, What what have I just say, Rui Costa? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, well, I don't know. I'm 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 kind of yeah. I mean, obviously, it's going to be a, a certain kind of writer. So Garo, I think Garo is is one of those types of writers. Um, and Rui Costa, to be quite honest, he's another one that could. Hey, I, I just finish, said so. him. You can't. Yeah, I know, I know, him. I know. But you know, it, it it will it will turn out a certain kind of rider. Um, any possibility of a breakaway sticking in this one, Jamie? Well, yeah, because of that hard climb at the end. I mean, maybe the sprinters' teams decide, um, no, I don't want a part of this. Um, we'll leave it up to the other teams to do the chasing. But I think Tinkoff um, are going to look and try and get some point 
points back on the green jersey classification for Sagan, as you mentioned. Oh, no, no, Kevin. no, not for Sagan, for Oleg. <laughs> okay, because it's all about Oleg, it, right? Mm. You know, Contador falls off, he abandons the race, yeah. and this quote by Oleg after the race, right? This is terrible for me. Is that what he they said? They said that, yeah. It's yeah. terrible for me. And then whenever, say, Mike or Sagan do well, they say we need to, the first person we need to thank is not their wife or, you know, their mentor, but Oleg. They all, th they all thank Oleg. We like yeah. to thank Oleg for sponsoring this team. I can't wait for this team to piss off, really. Like, it's, it's just too much hero worshipping. Uh, what, what was that? It was posted up uh, somewhere on social media uh, overnight, uh, Kev, with yeah, Oleg, yeah. yeah. Uh, Oleg was uh, quite happily riding around on the rest day in uh, Peter Sagan's World Championship jersey. So uh, no no ego there. No, no, not at all. It's, um, yeah, Oleg. What do we do, you know? I mean, but yeah, they're gone. So um, notable, uh, notable rest day announcements was uh, a rider we all love, right? Perito. Joachim Rodriguez is going to retire. It's kind of like a sad day, but, you know, will he go out with a bang? Because, you know, he's still there on GC. Well, I think sort of how Rui Costa is to Jamie is uh, how Burrito is to you, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, you used to actually really have an affinity towards Volkler. No, I, I still have an affinity oh. for Volkler. Oh, okay. And let's, let's not forget the plucky little Frenchman yeah. tonight, I might, I might add. But they're, they're sort of sitting on your top shelf of spirits, aren't they? Um, they are. They're like little Volkler. Pokemon. They're like little yeah. Pokemon, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that in today because, you know, every media organization is getting Pokemon in there so for any reason. So it's that, all that's over, mine. It's all over my Facebook feed as well. I can't get away from it. No, that's right. So, yeah, he's, he's one of my little Pokemon, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's, 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 it's going to be a little sad. I think it's, it's interesting for him to say, I think, the, his favourite victory is Lombardia. Um, and then he's still ruining the, um, not Rui Costa, but ruining uh, his, his welter victory he missed out on, I think, if it wasn't for Contador. Not, not ruining the Rui Costa World Championship win? Oh, yes, second. that's right. Yeah. That, that, was, that was his biggest, um, I guess, not stuff up, but, you know, he's... Well, that was Spain's biggest stuff up, yeah. He yeah. still, I, I don't think he... Still sends Alejandro Valverde Christmas cards after no, that. No, no, there's there's none of that happening. Although he did say that Alejandro Valverde was one of the riders that had impressed him most during his career. So yeah, that was would. weird, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, but you can you can do both, right? You can you can both not like someone but also appreciate the clear talent that they bring to something. That's how people a lot of people feel about Valverde. Actually, That's how people feel like that about you. I know. But I don't, not clear <laughs> talent. I've got um, dubious talent. Dubious talent. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, okay. Well, we're uh, we're pretty much at the end of this uh, this for today. So don't forget, tune in SBS tonight, 10 p.m. and also streaming online in the Skoda Tour Tracker. It'll be an interesting stage uh, because of the the initial climb. Sadly, I think because we're starting at 10, I think we're going to miss that miss that first climb. But we're definitely going to roll back in, so we'll be able to see what developed uh, and where the uh, where the how the peloton ended up where it was where it is when we do actually do, do go to live live pictures. So. Um, that'll be it uh, from us, so tune in later tonight.